like Brent Lori, and I bet I could watch you spread your air out all day. But when you're done doing whatever, when you're through playing whoever, you know that the Nats fans will be right here waiting for you. John Kelly Glove Fun. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Resting Pitch Face, episode 51. I'm Kay. I'm Laura. And I'm Sydney. Uh, as always, check us out on our website, restingpitchface.com. That has all of the pertinent links. But if you just want to do it quickly, you can check us out on our Twitter, Rest in Pitch Face with no G. You can email us, restingpitchface at gmail.com. Um, you can subscribe to us on iTunes. And just recently, you can now subscribe to us on Google Play, which is something I only learned about a week ago was a thing for podcasts, but it is. And if you use it, you can listen to us there. And also on our website, if you are interested in repping us or supporting us in any kind of way, there is a link to our merch store. With that, we're going to get into the business of the day, of the day meaning the last two weeks, because that's how we operate around here. First of all, the All-Star Game is coming. So our perennial message, <laughs> vote Rendon. Even though Anthony Rendon would prefer not to go to the All-Star game, he wants to be invited. Yes. So vote Rendon. Yes. Make him fake sick so he can stay home. (laughs) (laughs) I would even be okay with him faking sick and then just getting to go and be in, like, the parade or whatever. You know? You don't necessarily have to talk to anybody. You just have to sit in a car and wave at people. He probably wouldn't mind that. Yeah, um, he does look good in a suit, so him on the red carpet is, is good. Uh, I did get the chance to see him uh, at the Nats Gala earlier this year, and um, okay. it was a great experience. So <laughs> he should go. Yes, he should. Like, I'm sorry, yeah. I have to. I have to sit down. Yeah. Elsewhere. Not no playing, but definitely go and be in the suit on the red carpet because now. You've made me ponder a question that I didn't have until you mentioned it. I was at the, um, when the All-Star Game was here last year, I got to go to the red carpet. Two hours of watching men walk past me. But (laughs) some of them, everybody was in like suits and stuff, except for some people who were in American flag cosplay. That was a bit strange. Um, But some people were very boring. And some people like really put a lot of effort into it. Uh, Francisco Lindor was my personal favorite, but Mookie Betts was looking great. Mookie Betts um, is always looking well, great. Also, I, he Francisco was. Lindor, like... Oh, I mean, I'm sorry. I I have pictures of his outfit, and I, like, think about it sometimes when I'm sad to make myself happy because it was that good. Wow. But yeah, would, like, if would Tony be... needs alternative energy, he should just smile. <laughs> <laughs> would Tony be a to-the-nines... Or would he be a, like, boring-ass suit? Or would he be American flag cosplay? <laughs> um, so for the gala, he was wearing a very nice suit uh, that fit him very well. And when asked what the label was that he was wearing, he said, I don't know, something fancy. Okay, so That's we're going... much what I would expect. Yeah, black, nice and nicely tailored, but not flashy, seems like his style to me. Yeah, like... Clearly, somebody who was not him let him pick, like, picked it out and put it on his body because, like, it fit very, very well. But yeah, they definitely asked. He's like, I don't know, Gucci, something like that. Like, I mean, you're my brain is telling me that what you're saying is true, but my heart is sad because can you imagine, like, to the nines and like a, in something like really spectacular? It, it was spectacular, okay. It just, it depends on your measures of spectacular. Okay, I'm going through my phone because I definitely, <laughs> definitely have a lot of pictures of this. Well, I will say, doesn't he, have, doesn't he have a kid now? He does. So, 
I know that I'm not like usually how a lot of people are about kids in terms of like immediate gushiness just on sight of like a man holding a small child. But I feel like specifically for Tony, like him making goofy faces and like interacting with said small child and like not paying attention to the people around him in favor of like telling small child everything about how what's going on right now and all-star game and red carpet and all that stuff. I feel like that would be incredibly endearing and elevate the understated suit to another level. I'm actually looking back at pictures of the suit and it's black with a pattern on it. Ooh, see, I elevate that into slightly fancy. Like it was, I mean, it was a nice suit, but like, yeah, it definitely, the lighting that I took the pictures with was not great. Like his wife looked beautiful, but yeah, it's definitely black with a, like a black on black pattern. Hmm. That, does, um, that elevates a little bit. It's like whether like it's embroidery or it looks basic but isn't. Exactly. Like <laughs> it looks it looks like a normal suit, but then you look closer and you're like, wow, that's actually really great. I have underrated this suit. <laughs> this gives me hope. This gives me hope for the red carpet. So everybody, do your work. Vote Rendon. Do we think that he's actually going to go? I th- okay, I don't know if there are, I don't know the rules, but I feel like you have to. <laughs> like, I, what, if they vote for you, you have to show up, like you're contractually obligated unless you're officially injured? I think so. I think that's why so many people like miraculously become injured. Like, <laughs> I feel no. like if you didn't, if there wasn't an obligation to, to, to go, people wouldn't pretend that they were injured. They'd be like, look, I need to take a nap. Um, so I'm going to stay home. But thanks. I just meant more, I don't, I, I want everyone to vote Rendon, obviously, that's been in my Twitter bio since I joined Twitter, but I, you know, I, I think the issue is that uh, at third base, Nolan Arenado is also having a great season. But we need, he always is, I am bored by him. We need to get him into the final vote, and then maybe, by some miracle, yeah, it'll actually win the final vote, and if not... Somebody who 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 would be the manager for the NL this year? Um, what happened last year? I don't remember. <laughs> Dave Roberts. <laughs> okay, maybe he'll be the first person to be like, "Hmm, I know everybody said they wanted uh, Nolan Arenado, but I personally want Tony Rendon, so I'm going to make him be on my team." One can hope. <laughs> I'm just hoping, as always, for Arenado to be traded to the AL because I am tired of him. <laughs> I mean, like, I have nothing against him. I personally. do. I do. Why? He is always in Tony's way, and I am sick of <laughs> <laughs> um, I Nolan Arenado is fine. I, I feel, at this point, that I would like to have Anthony Rendon locked to a long-term contract by the All-Star game. Yes, please. Oh, like, yeah. Like, I feel like, at this point, one... You know, given all the stuff with, with Kimbrel and Dallas Keigel, like... I, I think most free agents are looking around and going, actually signing long extensions is probably going to be less of an issue. Um, I mean, I'm not saying that that's a good thing. I think that, that oh, yeah, both Kimbrel and, and uh, Keigel got screwed by mm-hmm. this entire process, um, mm-hmm. as are a lot lesser free agents. And a lot of people who are afraid of the free agent market, like Albies and um, Acuna. Yeah, Albies signed for a crappy-ass contract. Yeah. Like, it was a crappy con. I mean, from Atlanta's perspective, it was a great contract. From a labor perspective, it was a terrible contract. It's just, it's bad. Like, those deals were bad. The fact, you know, I think about Kimbrel, like, fine, he's with the Cubs. 
they manage to apparently use the money that they're saving, and I'm putting that in quotes, on Ben Zobrist's divorce. <laughs> like, they're taking advantage of that, and, like, I don't love Ben Zobrist, but, like, you know, the Cubs front office has, like, I wouldn't even call it a villain turn or a heel turn. Like, they were always like this, but, like, they just lost before, <laughs> so people forgive them. I, I, I need you to back up for a second. His divorce... His employer is getting involved in his divorce? He's taking a break. And so they're using the money to pay for Kimbrel. Oh, okay. Because he's going through a bad divorce. Is, okay. is my understanding okay. of that. Yeah, he's on a he's on a leave of absence. Sorry, I like I know that there is an unhealthy level of involvement in the um, autonomy of baseball players from their employers. That seemed like one extra degree of creepiness. <laughs> I mean <laughs> like <laughs> Basically, yeah. So he, um, and this is as of May 15th, separated from his wife and has a leave of absence. And, you know, I don't know what's going on with it, but obviously, like, he's not having a great time in his life. Um, and they're basically using the money they would they would be paying him during leave of absence to pay for Kimbrel so that they stay under the luxury tax threshold, blah, 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 blah. The Cubs is, you know, the way that they, they go about their business is not great. Even for baseball. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, back to Anthony Rendon. I don't know if he wants to test every agency. Like, I I feel like he could get a lot of money. But at the same time, I don't know if he wants to go through it. I, I wouldn't still- want to go through it. Jesus. I still think the best thing that we can offer him isn't dollars. It's a blanket pass to never have to talk to the media again. I mean, isn't that what we offered Strauss? Pretty much. And did he stay? Yes, he <laughs> yes. did. Um, but weren't we all shocked by it? We're like, wait, you you like us? And he was like, yeah. And, it, and then we were like, oh my god, he's crying. <gasps> oh, Stephen. So speaking of speaking of our international men of mystery, Tony and Strauss, mm-hmm. I am heavily, heavily amused by the mental image of the two of them, plus Trey going to a Dirks Bentley concert together. <laughs> unlikely trio and then running into tanner roark who is there with his new reds friends and when they try to talk to him roark basically being like no i'm here with my new friends goodbye i wish i could tell the tone of voice in that in that conversation was he joking or was he actually like i don't love you anymore i mean i have a new family now (laughs) like emotionally he got bangs and also over us Per the Washington Post article, which it's from Sid's least favorite Washington Post Nats person, Jesse Doherty, so we can take it with a grain of salt. I Um, I, I have something to say about him in a minute. (laughs) um, So when Tanner told him about it, he apparently was smiling, but said that he told the Nats folks that these were his teammates now. Uh, Okay, so it was all a joke. It was mostly a joke. I guess maybe a little bit of all of the things. Like, I'm laughing about this because it doesn't hurt me at all. <laughs> no, see, everybody, I'm fine. What are you talking about? These are my teammates. Go back to your teammates. <laughs> um. Yeah, sorry. Just just because Jesse Doherty is not my favorite. The Washington yeah. Post coverage went from good to bad very quickly. Yeah, I'm also not a big fan of Jesse Doherty for a lot of the same reasons that you've been upset with him. So uh, somebody who is a listener who I, we were discussing this privately, so I will not like name, but said basically, like, I'm sick of their nonsense in not um, spelling players' names correctly, and mm-hmm. their coverage is basically bad. Um, I'm, you know, at this point going to unfollow them. And I was like, that's a good idea. 
I did. Like, I didn't mute them or block them or anything. I just unfollowed them. And I'm like, and nothing of value was lost. Mm -hmm. Like, this is a case of, they also don't show up on my timeline that much. Like, this is, um, you know, Chelsea Janes and and Jorge stuff would show up all the time. Yeah. And, like, Jamal stuff shows up. Jamal is MLB.com. Yeah. And he's still really good. He hasn't gone anywhere. He's just not the post. Yeah, he's definitely not the post. But, like, the point is, like, the beat writer stuff does show up. But, like, their stuff isn't. And it's not because I have arranged anything so that it is not other than unfollowing them directly. And I would encourage people to essentially, if if it bothers you and I feel like it should, continue to express your discontent at them. Because like multiple people have shown them how to add accents and tildes to tweets. And they were like, yeah, we're going to have to figure that out. I'm like, yeah, there's nothing yeah. left to figure out here, bud. Like, and they have that with like, they they have a policy of they have to quote players verbatim, um, despite the fact that like it's an issue. And then they they combine that with not spelling players' names correctly. And I'm like, mm, mm. not great. Yeah, there's a new. I just realized there's a new post writer that I did not even follow, and it is another white dude. Yeah, who is it? Sam Fortier. Yep. Also unfollowed him. I never followed him to begin with, apparently, and I only just noticed. So apparently I didn't miss anything. It's really a shame because for a period there, like, the Post's re- reporting was, like, really, really good. Oh, yeah. Chelsea, James Wagner. Yeah, no, they yeah. were great. Sigh. Mm. Yeah. So I would say um, continue to to mention to the Washington Post that, like, their beat writers are, are doing some nonsense. And, in fact an article that just went up was about uh, the totally novel concept of English speaking players learning Spanish, which is not a particularly novel concept. Mm -hmm. You know, they also, somebody pointed out like y'all didn't, aren't even using accent marks correctly in the, in this article (laughs) about about learning (laughs) Spanish. And they're like, Oh, it should be corrected. Like, no, mm, maybe the hostess who needs to send their people to a Spanish language class. Yeah. Somebody, (laughs) So there was a thread going around about if you if you want to learn Spanish generally, but also like about second language acquisition and baseball stuff. And like people had a bunch of tips. I, I feel like, I don't know, Duolingo is fine, but like Duolingo is not the be all and end all of second language acquisition. I, I feel like there's a point where it's like, learn what you need to know, like engage with people who, who speak it, follow Spanish language accounts. Like there's so much you can do that is relatively easy. And that's beyond learning how to say like the parts of a kitchen. And like Duolingo is good because like it was started, it's a non, effectively nonprofit. It was started by a guy who wanted um, to make it easier for people to learn who were not English learner or who are English learners to learn English. Um, and like the learning other languages is actually what's supporting the English learning efforts on the site uh, or on the app. But like that Americans who want to learn Klingon are and who <laughs> pay a couple bucks to do that are supporting the efforts of essentially other people to learn English. Cool. Yeah. So like I'm not going to knock Duolingo because I think that there's a lot of good stuff there. But it's it's not the be all and end all of, of learning a second well, language. And it's also to the, your earlier point, like it is it's going to, I've, I've been doing it a little bit. I kind of took a break, but um, I have to get back on it. Like it doesn't start you with the relevant things if you're a baseball reporter. Like if you need to learn direct knowledge about a specific concept, you should start there. 
and work your way somewhere else. Yeah, like, you know I mean? like this is like it is slow playing it like an intro. I've taken several intro language courses. It's so playing you like an in, like an intro language course, which is great if you're learning trying to learn Spanish, but it's not so great if you like specifically need to learn Spanish for a direct reason. Yeah, and I, you know, I grew up with a fair amount of Spanish in the environment, but I also had some computer stuff as a kid, I think just because my parents wanted my sister to be able to pick up what I was learning in school so that she wouldn't feel left out, which ultimately just led to me and my sister talking and my parents not being able to understand us, which was hilarious. <laughs> but the main thing that I remember from using programs like that was, yeah, there's nothing, I don't remember anything terribly useful. I just remember going, ¿Dónde están los calcetines? ¿Dónde están los calcetines? It means where are the socks, Kay? Yeah. For like days. For like, oh my God. Not, then, not los medios or but, los medios? And los that's medios. the thing. Then you come into baseball and you know what the Red Sox are called? The med los, los medios? Las rojas, medias rojas. And it's not medias calcetines. Rojas. And like, I just feel like I wasted a lot of my childhood now. Well, <laughs> now you know two words for socks. I do know two words for socks. But you know what? The other day, somebody said something to me about his media that was missing, and it took me a solid, like, minute and a half to figure out that he meant his sock, because thanks to whatever crappy computer game I had when I was six, socks are forever calcetines. Yeah, and that does, that's a, that's a various by country thing. I think the the point is that you, the way that language acquisition works is that you learn stuff that you need. Like, I can talk about baseball and teacher education in Spanish. I can't talk about a lot of things in Spanish. Like, and I can understand stuff about both of those things in Spanish, um, in part because I have an office mate who talks on the phone constantly in Spanish uh, to Latin America, people in Latin America. So uh, the more I understand, the more irritating that is. So, yeah, I think I think that there's, there's a lot out there. Um, I think just, like, following Spanish language baseball accounts and then like make yourself read the tweet and then hit translate is actually not a terrible way to do things no i've learned a fair number of like little specific baseball-y words that had just never come up for me before by doing exactly that uh you know different words for home run there's different... like 40 yeah for well, there's 40 in english too so that seems legitimate yeah, yeah. oh no and there, there's, some of them are the same kind of idea um yeah. you know variants of calling things bombs and then some of them are just like on totally different metaphorical veins and it's kind of fun to think about like why the ones in english are the ones that they are like why anyone calls them taters is still a mystery to me taters are good yeah well yeah i'm not against it it's just like <laughs> it's, one of those, <laughs> it's right it's just one of those things that like okay sure we're mashing taters thanks fp <laughs> actually you know what that's probably where it part of where it's coming from because it's mashed yeah I don't know. We need an uh, an etymologist here. Anyway, yeah. I, sorry, that was down a that was down a little bit of a rabbit hole. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, like within baseball, I feel like following the Spanish language accounts, trying to listen to some Spanish broadcasts, like doing stuff for which you already have context, is the way that you learn language. Yeah, and it seems obvious, but like you know, there's only so many times that I need to learn the word for like stove that like eh. and i mean that's the basic concept of things like immersion anyway right? yeah yeah and so like i i, I can go on about second language acquisitions but like it, it's mostly just you you learn the structures for things and then the technical terms you only or for like the words for nouns you only learn once you have to use them like and use them consistently so like i had a long lunch conversation one day about like oils that go rancid 
well co- <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like i can talk about like which o- which type of oil goes rancid and what you shouldn't should and shouldn't put in a cast iron skillet because that's something i i know about and care about and can talk about in spanish but like i don't know the name for like I know the name for chair, but like, you know, I'm looking yeah. at a chair, but like, you know, I don't know the name for random objects. Yeah. And I, I mean, I will say of all the, the languages I've either studied or like, I've, I've learned, absorbed a lot of cooking words, shall we say. I was always the terrible about the vocabulary anyway, because the vocabulary only sticks with you if you, as you're saying, if you need it, but it, you know, but and this is a situation where you need the right vocabulary. Yeah. Um, so. and, and that vocabulary is punches for uh, strikeouts. Or for strikes. Yeah, it's punches uh, for strikes, which is amazing when you hit translate. It makes a certain degree of sense, to be perfectly honest. Well, we in English, we say so-and-so punched out such and yeah. such. So. Yeah. No, it totally makes sense, but it, yeah. it's just, a, yeah. Okay. We, anyway. we can go back to, you want to keep talking about Anthony Rendon or Tanner Roark being dramatic? I mean, we've covered a couple of cases of, of current nationals being dramatic and ex-nationals being dramatic. And there's another ex-national being dramatic in a very different way, Sydney, if you'd like. So I, I want to be I want to be clear about the Rockies Mets game. No one should ever hurt a hair on Ian Desmond's head. No. And accidentally hitting them him in the numbers with a baseball, or possibly on purpose. Don't do that. But Daniel Murphy climbed, showing a, a feat of athleticism I did not know he had, climbed <laughs> over a railing quickly. Quickly, Kay. I mean, that's the thing that's the most surprising. Not the jumping over a railing for Ian Desmond, because as we discussed in the pre-show... Anyone would do that. We would all do that immediately for Ian Desmond. But fast? I didn't think that was a word Daniel Murphy knew in any language. Well, but so the thing is, and I, I fully admit I'm cribbing this from Sid... He was moving forward. He wasn't moving laterally. <laughs> that is a good point, though. Still, he he went on the field like he had just found out about it that it was Pride Month and wanted to fight the month of June. Like <laughs> he was that mad. Oh, um, speaking of Pride Month and being mad, I keep forgetting to mention this on Twitter. So, do you guys remember how mad I got last year when I flipped the Nats pet calendar to June and it was Murphy staring at me? Mm-hmm. And I did a whole arts and crafts project to put Sean and Aaron on the page instead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this year, I am very happy to report that June is much better. It's the entire May Scherzer clan. Oh, with all the dogs? And the four dogs that they had at the time that the shoot was done, they actually now have five. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, didn't they just get another dog? They just got another dog. But Bo, Gigi, Rafi, and Rocco, Rocco are all in the June pet calendar photo along with Max and Erica. So it's it's truly an upgrade over last year. I'm very pleased. It's so that's a dogs. lot of dogs, and I say that as someone with three cats. I mean, they're very big dogs, but they're also very big humans. <laughs> big dogs also um, frequently have less energy than the little dogs. Yeah, they so. tend to be the ones who just like to sleep for twelve hours and then be like walk time. Okay. These guys definitely run like they're, Max has put up videos of him with his like riding his bike and them running with him. True. But it's not like they're bouncing off the walls of the house necessarily. No, you're right. I was mostly thinking like if one needs to wrangle a dog this large, it helps if one's limbs are proportionally larger <laughs> compared to the dog. Fair point. Fair point. Fair point. So, yeah, a six foot tall human being is going to do a better job wrangling these dogs than I would. But you I might mean, be able to ride them. Yeah, I, I was going to say. I could definitely ride these dogs like ponies. They're very big dogs. I am very short. We can move on now. Yeah, my, uh, my mother-in-law's dogs look like uh, the... Did either of you watch Legend of Korra? 
Her dogs look like Naga from Legend of Korra at that point, which is a big fluffy polar bear dog. Oh, um, the Pyrenees. Yeah, they're great, great, great Pyrenees. Uh, <laughs> just as a concession to Dara. Um, I have an old professor who had had one of those, um, and she would have like LGBT community dinners at her house for students and faculty, and we would all go over and play with her dog, and it was excellent. They are big, big fluff boys. Very uh, big fluff boys. But yeah, you could put a saddle on them. Like, like we're like, hey, could we have one of like the cats ride the dog? And she's like, that's a bad idea. I was like, but could we? Like, important questions. Um, but yeah, all they do is run around for 18 hours a day. So yeah, yeah and get hair everywhere. They're wonderful. Sounds <laughs> like a dog. <laughs> right? Sounds like a dog. Yeah, they're big sweet boys okay um <laughs> speaking <laughs> of big sweet boys <laughs> annabelle sanchez <laughs> question i don't know anything about him i really don't either honestly i don't know if he follows that description at all but it seemed like a reasonable segue <laughs> Yeah, my husband found out that there was that that people were still named Annabelle slash Hannibal, and he was like, "Well, that's when you're hoping for really one of two outcomes for your child." Is it the same name? I never thought about it. Yeah, I assume so. I don't know that. I mean, it makes a certain degree of sense, but I don't know. Well, he was like, "Just hope that he fails to cross the Alps," <laughs> <laughs> as opposed to you know. The cannibalism, though he did, uh, he did eat eat the Atlanta team. That was great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. He finally got his first win. Yay! Yay! <laughs> um, but yeah, he had a, he had a little he had a little old man break, uh, and he came back, and uh, I think has looked a lot better. Yeah, I mean, his... he went six, no runs, brought his ERA down to below five. Yeah, uh, you know, it helps that obviously he knew the Atlanta team's hitters pretty well. Um, you don't say. Yeah, I do. I do enjoy when when former players feast on their own teams, but I don't enjoy when that's turned on us. Um, I feel like if Brandon Kinsler ever comes out during during a Nats game, he's just gonna like spit on the mound or something. Like, I mean, I would honestly, I would support him. Yeah, no, no, I'd be pro. pro <laughs> I would that. want Sean Kelly to do some goddamn cartwheels. Oh yeah, the oh. to the mound. Yeah. I, I want him to like come out with like a series of emoji masks and just be like, who's emotional now, bitches? I, w- I want him to come out with a bag of gloves and every person who strikes out, he throws one on the ground. <laughs> That's a- yes. You know what? Sean Kelly glove fund. Let's start it. <laughs> I think he I think he doesn't need our help with money for gloves. You know what? Hey, start it. <laughs> Donate the gloves to charity. Afterwards, this... it's all good. We can start with the contents of the swear jar. <laughs> we can just hashtag this episode glove fund. Yeah. <laughs> hashtag, yes. Hashtag oh. Sean Kelly glove fund. <laughs> hashtag relievers for people too. Yeah. Yes. Um, but like, I feel like there's a certain point where um, I just, that's something I really enjoy. And he, you know, he did good with his 10,000 pitch types and different variations, which I, again, it's the kind of pitching I enjoy when it's mm-hmm. good. Um, but, you know, yeah, it's a disaster when had, it's not. He had ups and downs. He was certainly a disaster at moments and he was good at moments. But I mean, who among the Nats bullpen has not been? Okay. I, I hate doing this and I did it last episode too, but because I hate pinning the success or failure of anything on any one person, but like the pitching has demonstrably been better, including now Anibal Sanchez. 
since we lost our former pitching coach. Since we relieved ourselves of our former pitching exactly. coach. Like, I... I mean, I know that, as you put it, Anibal Sanchez took an old man break, and I'm sure that helped sort of, like, reset the gears and such in his brain, but at the same time, and like, elbow. and possibly his elbow, but, like, maybe coming back from the break and having a different person maybe helped also. Yeah, and so he basically said of his break um, that what he likes to do is really go and like review lots and lots and lots of video. Like he likes to spend a lot of time essentially prepping for starts and studying, um, you know, before going and pitching and given that he, you know, pitches 10,000 pitch types with a bunch of different locations. Um, I, you know, I can understand why that is very helpful. Um, but it seems like having a pitching coach, that would be their job to help yeah. with that process. Gee, you think. But yeah, I mean, I'm glad it's working at whatever. I hope it's just this. And and Anibal Sanchez is going to go back to the form that was why we got him. The form for which we got him? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, it does feel like having a break and having a, a pitching coach who maybe helps with the, here's video you should watch and... Uh, you should watch and study process. Cause like, haven't they said that like, who is it? Who, who fixed Tanner were work? Uh, wasn't it Kinsler? Yeah. Like Kinsler had to go and review video with him. Like that was just not something that was done. regularly. Oh, right. Oh my God. I actually forgot about that. Yeah. And I'm like, what, if you're not going to like look at video and help them prepare, what or what do you do all day? I mean, it- Per other interviews, he didn't even talk to them about their stuff. Yeah, that was mostly Doolittle saying that, but I believe it. Yeah. Like, mm. Yeah, the one, I, I I think we should take a little bit of responsibility because the one bit of our pitching that has not, in fact, improved since we last recorded, maybe our fault. Patrick Corbin has had three starts since we last spoke of him glowingly. Two of them have been bad one of them has been good so i'm not gonna say that we cursed patrick corbin but we perhaps predicted his ever so slight regression to the mean and um if we are in fact responsible possibly even if we aren't necessarily in fact responsible i'm all all for dependent on his next start doing some sort of cleansing ritual we could do that i got candles yeah i mean i don't necessarily want to go get a rubber chicken and cut its head off but like you know there are other kinds of cleansing rituals. Yeah. I still stand by my playoff pentagram. Throw Patrick Corbin in a mikvah. <laughs> I mean, go to Arizona, declare that their weird pool in the outfield is a mikvah, and throw him in. <laughs> no? I mean, they're in San Diego. They're pretty close. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. If so- Does somebody else have a pool? Maybe the next time we go to Florida, we can just put him in the fish tank. Ew. Oh. Fish are nice. No, no. <laughs> Those fish have a terrible life. Oh my Not God. to be terribly pedantic, but a mikvah is supposed to be running water. Well, then the fish tank makes sense because it is circulating. Yeah, I was going to say the, the pool in the outfield is circulating. Mm. Although I wonder how frequently. How You're much... also supposed to be naked. That's fine. <laughs> I know some people who would strongly not object to that. Yeah, like... I'm okay with it. I just think for anybody who wasn't aware, it was perhaps a detail we should include. 
all right, well, let's find a body, a body of relatively unpolluted moving water so yeah. Patrick Corbin naked and throw him in. Like, yes. I don't understand what the problem is. <laughs> we Clearly have nothing van in this sack for a reason. <laughs> Bring the helicopter! I think we need a different helicopter for naked kidnapping. Okay. No, no, okay. It was naked kidnapping the whole time. <laughs> the, re- <laughs> the real friends we made along the way was naked kidnapping. Oh, God. A helicopter. Um, God. In a helicopter. In a helicopter. Oh, boy. But so, Patrick Corbin, I'm sorry. This, this episode has gone out a lot of tangents. <laughs> For a change. Can I throw one more bit of pitching news out there that I think yes, is please. a relatively sane piece of information <laughs> I'm, I'm pleased about? Um, which is that Joe Ross, as far as I have heard at least, seems to have gone back to Fresno to be stretched back out as a starter. <gasps> please, 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 please. Let, let us all stretch Joe Ross out as a starter. Yeah, I volunteer. <laughs> I was trying to keep this clean, guys, and you... No. We leaned <laughs> into... We you leaned into Dirty Grandma a long time ago. Yeah, you used the word stretch in a weird context. <laughs> I, that's what you call it. Converted. Changed. Well, but he's all he's been a starter. They're not converting him to anything. Although, speaking of... Re- Mc- reverted. Reverted. But that just sounds bad. Restarted. They are restarterizing Joe Ross. Yes. They unplugged him and now they're plugging him back in. Okay. Oh, that would be so nice. Yeah. I mean, I like Jeremy my... Hellickson's still broken, right? Yep. <sighs> Although Fetty, Fetty has been figuring his shit out. Yeah. He was, I... yeah, he's been good. I mean, yeah. we haven't won, but like, I feel like the Padres are that one team that I'm like, yeah, they have our number. Like, and they, they just have had it for the past yeah. couple of years. And I, I was like, yeah, it's been a close game, but like, the Padres have had our number for the past couple of years, and I'm, I don't think it's a sign of anything. And also, you know, I, I've been too tired to stay up and watch the games. Maybe the Nats are too tired to stay up and play them. Well, last night it was, um, I think it was due, wasn't yeah. it? Actually, it was a yeah. save. But yeah, tonight we'll have Max, and we'll see what happens. He threw 120 pitches in his last start, but he does have an extra day of rest. <sighs> I mean, that oh was goodness. a beautiful game. Like that was a, yeah. like a 15 strikeout game was a beautiful game. It was a beautiful game. And he fought tooth and nail to stay in, which yeah. I know that he often does that. But there have been times when he says, okay, I'm done. Not very often. But the fact that he ever does that gives me a little bit more faith in his own assessment of where he's at in spite of the adrenaline. I mean, I, I have to say, like, him telling David to get the fuck off his mound was just like, Mwah. I yeah. would never not love that in the moment. I'm just thinking sort of in terms of sustainability. I do always have a little bit of concern when I see his pitch count going up above 110. Yeah, it's like I trust him to to know his own body. But at the same time, like, there are people who are supposed to know more about it in a very creepy way. People who are supposed to know more about his body than he knows himself that maybe he shouldn't always win that fight. Like, as a general rule. (laughs) The fact that he does sometimes not start that fight makes me feel better about the times that he does. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, you know, I I, I just felt like in the moment, it was such a glorious thing to have happen. And Mm -hmm. I feel like people like, well, he wouldn't have done that with Dusty. I'm like, oh, guys, he did. He did, but he didn't always win that fight because Dusty was actually, like, in charge. 
yeah, yeah. it looked a little different, but yeah. he absolutely did it. I, I remember a time Dusty walked out, Max was just like, yeah! Oh, yeah. He just turned around and walked back. <laughs> yeah. Like, it was like, all right, this is like the Simpsons gift. <laughs> Isn't that where we, where we got the, um, the pitching I quote from? Yeah. yeah. Oh, God, I miss him so much. Yeah. <sighs> um, but, like, yeah, it, that was a case of, of just, like, what did Max say to you? And Davey's like, can't repeat. <laughs> yeah. It's like, why? You know. Um. Well, so he did have an extra day of rest. Yeah. Which makes me also feel better about the 120 pitches. And so we'll see. Um, be not- I don't remember the last time Max faced the Padres, how it went. They're obviously a pretty different team this year than last year. Yeah. They're pretty much a different team every single year because they're perennially doing an overhaul. Yeah. Um, and obviously with Machado and then, um, you know, they have just a bunch of good players at this point, but I, I just, and maybe I'm misremembering and I haven't pulled the stats for this, but like there, there's sometimes just that team of like, they're not that good, but they're good against us. Mm-hmm. Used to be the fish. Yeah. Surprisingly. Yeah. Like I, even during, I want to say like 2012, they were, you know, we had an amazing season. There were a couple of games against the fish where I was like, yikes. Like, we just got murdered. Yeah. Um. And so I feel like with the Padres, it's just been like, they have our number for whatever reason. We're that team to other teams. Mm-hmm. Like, every team is that team to another team mm-hmm. and has that team. And I knew going into the series, I'm like, the Padres just weirdly have our number. Like, okay, yeah. I'm I'm fine with it. It's been two close games. Like, we didn't get embarrassed. And, and- it's less emotional than, like, if, if the Phillies were the team that had our number. And... <laughs> You know, I will say that out of our last 10 games, we've won six of them. And it's just, it's just been these last two that brought it to six and four rather than a different eight. Diff- and eight and, but I don't know whether it was eight and two or there was like seven and three, whatever. It doesn't matter. Point is, things are improving. It was a question. It was a question. My voice. Yeah. Doesn't matter. I've been happier with the outcome of the games since our last episode. Yeah, I mean, it's it's unquestionably, like, they're playing better baseball. Yeah, we won some series. It took us till the end of May or the beginning of June, but we won some series. <laughs> like, we swept Atlanta. I mean, it was a two-game sweep, but it's a, still a sweep. And <laughs> and the White Sox. Yeah. And just, like, frankly, it's, it's very clear that, like, s- stuff seems to be clicking better. Yeah. You know, Tony's obviously hitting well. Howie... Or, oh. uh, Kay, you want to talk about your shirt? I got a shirt with Howie's number on it that says Wowie, because that's how I feel about Howie Kendrick. He is Wowie Kendrick. <laughs> I love him. Amazing. I would jump over a railing for Howie Kendrick. Oh, <laughs> probably more quickly than, than Daniel Murphy. Well, that goes without saying. <laughs> and, and you could do it, like, to the side a little bit. <laughs> um, I have good lateral motion, like a crab. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but like how he continues to be, did I, have I talked about on here about the, um, the baseball perspectives, uh, initial predictions for Howie Kendrick and how I went, uh, guys, you might want to check the math and then they checked the math and they were wrong. I think you mentioned it, but, uh, it's good to know that, Hey, Sydney was correct about Howie Kendrick and everybody else was wrong. I was like, (laughs) yes, I was just like, um, if you're predicting this for professional hitter Howie Kendrick, you're going to need to check your math. Yeah. And and the answer was actually there was there's a little bit of an issue. Yeah. Um, so like Soto's obviously hitting well. Like there's just mm, like Dozier is hitting well. 
Yeah. He's yeah. hitting 300 the past X number of games. Like, ah. Uh, yeah, like- Matt Adams is continuing to do big city things. Yep. Yeah. Uh, although Zim, Zim has apparently taken some kind of a step in his rehab. So oh, good. I'm not entirely sure what that means, but... Maybe it means he can actually take a step. I mean, plantar fasciitis isn't so fun to walk on. <laughs> there. Oh, forgot. Yeah, so that's... he's he's He hasn't stagnated. He is progressing, but okay. it might still be slow. I mean, I've been seeing for a very long time that the Nats tend to be warm weather boys, with the exception mm-hmm. of Steven Strasburg, who turns to goo. Um, <laughs> but, like, it's not that surprising that we're the bats are finally waking up now that it's consistently... 70 80 even 90 degrees outside you know yeah unfortunately we didn't the pitching didn't help us enough in the beginning part of the season that like i think the the thing i think we just the reason that we lost so much for so long was that the days that the pitching was good the offense was dead and the days that the offense was good the pitching was a dumpster fire yeah never happened at the same time that someone did something good both defensively and offensively whereas now it's happening more than it was yeah um, and Gerardo Parra has certainly been a part of that. Yeah, weirdly. Um, I, I'm like, he seems like a pest. I enjoy him. Yeah, I, I mean, just last episode, we were being like, and he's there. And now it's like, oh, right, this is why the Nationals went after him so many times for so many years and then finally got him. And they finally got him because he's only hitting 230 this season. But it's like that's most gonna of change. that has been since he came to the Nats. Yeah, that's good. That's good change. Well, he was hitting under 200 when he came to the Nats. Yeah. Like so he, now all yeah. of a sudden it's like he woke up. Yeah. He, he was waiting for this. We'll probably have to recast him in a little bit. I, I don't have the mental energy to do it. Right <laughs> yeah, let's not get started on the Marvel. <laughs> no, 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 no. Again today. No, 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 no. We've gone on enough tangents. Superheroes are for another day. Have we gone on enough tangents, though? Is there ever enough tangents? No. Not on this podcast. Hashtag more tangents. Hashtag Sean Kelly Glove Fund. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that that is a just inspired. (laughs) Get him a bag of gloves to throw. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I mean, I'm still in the same nihilism hole that I was because we have to play like 600 ball for the rest of the season to make it to 90. And like, I don't have that faith. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm in the same spot that I was last season. Yeah. I want to have fun watching this team. Yeah, and I like, don't and now really it's... care what that looks like numerically. Yeah, I don't feel that strongly about what that means at the end of the season. I yeah. just want to have fun watching this team. And it it's certainly become a bit more fun. Yes, there's a little it bit is... more to be like put in the fun pocketbook. It is easier to have fun when <laughs> things are happening. Well, yeah, and like. The product of baseball is fun baseball. And wins are fun, but mm-hmm. like the product of baseball should be fun baseball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's, that's something of like, oh, well, they're losing a lot of one-run games. I'm like, yeah, that's that's better than losing by a bunch every game. Like, that's a more fun game. There's mm-hmm. more to watch there, regardless of it. Like, it, it run yeah. differential matters to the, ex- the game experience. So, yeah. I, you know, this is obviously more fun. Um, hopefully we have, I don't know, yeah. ourselves. <laughs> As it were. Well, other things, though, that are fun that are baseball tangential. We've been we've been hyping it up a lot in our past couple episodes, but it's finally happened was uh, Pride Night. Yeah, so, so night out at the ballpark, which unfortunately none of us were actually able to make it to this year. Sorry. But for your listening edification... 
we did at least talk to some of our favorite listeners and friends who were there. And so we can let you know how it went. And then I at least watched some of it from home. Sid, I know you were like really tied up. Kate, did you get a chance to watch or listen to any of it or not really? I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. I don't remember because I, I just, I honestly, I don't remember whether I, I got to watch like, any. I watched the, the probably from the fifth inning on. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I got home at like nine. I, I do know though, from past experience, a lot of the stuff that is like the fun stuff is not in the aired portion of the broadcast. It's a lot of pregame. Yeah. And that stuff. was still true, although it was less true than it has been. Um, <clears> I can't speak for the radio broadcast, which generally has not a whole lot about it or any of the theme nights largely. Yeah. Um, whereas the TV tends to be more of the theme nights, but in past years has gotten some flack, a lot of it from us for not including enough about night out on TV, mm-hmm. given how much attention other theme nights get. Um, so that's something that I always look for and I am happy to say continues to move in the right direction. But why don't we start with actually some of our news from those who were actually present. Um, so we or on the field to- reporters. Our on-the-field reporters, yes. Um, so we talked to Jen, who, as you all know, founder of Queer Fancy Stats, and they are now one of the organizers of Night Out. And so this was a very inside view that we got from them. Um, and so Jen reminds us that this was the 15th annual Night Out. And Sid, you were saying that it's the oldest Pride Night in baseball? Uh, I think it's the longest running continuous Pride Night in baseball. So it's 15. Mm-hmm. This was, yeah, you're 15. 15 consecutive as opposed mm-hmm. to some some teams that have had them and then not had them and then had them again. That makes sense. Um, And so it is a special event ticket. And so Jen let us know that this year over 6,000 of the special event tickets were sold and you get a t-shirt with that special ticket. And this year for the first time, the Nats actually provided the t-shirts. In the past, it was Team DC, whereas this year they were official Nats merch, albeit special Nats merch. So it was the, the Nationals logo that spells out the word across the chest, but that was rainbow. Um, and so the Nats every year participating actively more and more, being more of a part of the uh, lead up. They did a lot of advertising this year and they did some last year, too, but there was more this year. Um, and then there was more in-game content as well. The first pitch for this year's night out was thrown by Barney Frank, who notably to me, I thought this was pretty cool. After he threw out the first pitch, he kissed his husband on the pitcher's mound. And I have never seen any kind of LGBTQ kiss on a major league field before. So I was really excited. I'm sure it's <laughs> happened at other Pride Nights, but I had never seen it before. So I thought that was really, really awesome. Um, and Sean, who was, of course, a big part of all the advertising and lead up, and it was a big part of the planning of the event this year as well as last year, came down beforehand and met everybody on the field who was there as part of the organizing. And he had his own custom Pride cleats that he had made himself, um, which I believe had the trans flag on one side and he's planning on auctioning those off to benefit smile so big part of it this year was sean doing a lot of awesome fundraising he and aaron were really involved in organizing the event and getting the word out about the event Um, and so that was really really awesome lastly on the in-game stuff there was also a proposal on the scoreboard and i know a lot of people have mixed feelings about scoreboard proposals but generally the people who dislike scoreboard proposals often actually like the LGBTQ ones when they make it up there. And it was, in fact, a man proposing to his boyfriend who said yes. I feel like there was one either last year or the year before, too. But I may be misremembering that. There have been a couple here and there, yeah. but not a lot. And so it's still rare enough at Nats Park. And mm-hmm. in general, it's, it's, to me, at least worth commenting on. But yeah, I don't think it was the absolute first time. Yeah. And uh, I will say the ring was uh, had baseball stitching on it. And it, yeah. it's beautiful. Like, it's an amazing ring. Yeah. And so I, you know, as, as mm-hmm. somebody who 
might want to. Kay, are you going to get married for the baseball ring? I'm not going to get married for the baseball ring. That doesn't mean I can't buy the baseball ring. <laughs> that uh, is but fair. yeah, it was a it was a very very nice ring. Um, and the other sort of friend of the podcast that was there along with Jen as part of the night out committee this year was our good friend, other Sydney. I always feel a little bit bad calling. I know. It was her Twitter handle for a minute. Yeah, she seems to have embraced it. And, you know, on the podcast, we have a clear primary Sydney, and so she is yeah. other Sydney. But I don't I don't want to keep calling her other Sydney outside of this context. <laughs> yeah. Um, so our friend Sydney, as opposed to our co-host Sydney, um, joined the Night Out Committee for this year after getting to know Jen because of us. So we can be a little proud of that. And so Sydney was also on the field. And she had a friend who had in the past done a tutorial on how to decorate a hockey jersey with pride tape to make the numbers and letters all rainbow and had wanted to do that with a baseball jersey. So, Sid, can you give us a little bit of an explanation on pride tape? Because it's a hockey thing and I don't really know what to say about it. Yeah. So hockey is a game that involves a lot of tape is what I'm going to say. So um, players tape a, a a bunch of different things. One of those things that they tape is their sticks, um, both the blade of the stick and then what's called the knob of the stick, basically the end. The blade is is generally taped so just sort of in a wrap, and then um, knob taping can like really vary because that's what gives it a, a grip. Um, so like players will will tape in various ways to basically enhance the grip or the way that they shoot or whatever. Um, so pride tape was essentially developed so that when you put it around a hockey stick, uh, it will form a rainbow. And so part of this is part of the efforts of you can play and hockey is for everybody. Um, though I think pride tape, I mean, is a separate like entity from those. Um, and those two former things are not without their legitimate critics um but the pride tape stuff is is cool and gives um basically players and uh both nhl players and and non a way to show pride um well uh with their stick tape cool and so, i will say so it looks good. looks really dope on a jersey yeah yeah so sydney other sydney used her friend's technique for how to put the pride tape over sean's name and letters on her doolittle jersey and then she got to show him the jersey when she met him before the game. And uh, what she said was, I showed him the jersey and talked about talked a bit about how I made it. And he was so incredibly nice. He told me he loved it. It came out super well. He was glad he got to see it. And a couple minutes later, I got to take a picture with him. Um, and so there was a lot of also really awesome stuff on social media. The Nats Instagram story had Sydney and Sean with the pride jersey. Um, and Sydney posted a bunch of pictures and then Sean replied to a bunch of her tweets about how great the jersey was. So that was just really awesome. And, and mm -hmm gave us a little bit of a personal connection. I was kind of going, we know her, we know her. <laughs> <laughs> we also know Jen, so. Yes. Well, yeah, but Jen was there last year and they're, you know, I, I feel like Night Out at this point to me is Jen. Yeah. Also, only one person was actually in the Instagram story. So technically. <laughs> <laughs> and that was Sydney. Yeah, but no, I mean, Jen did an incredible amount of work. On oh this my God. Out, and it sounds like it went amazingly. So they should be really, really proud. And I think that they yeah. are. But just just for what it's worth, Jen, we're really proud of you. Yes, we are very, very proud. Um, and it did, looked, looked amazing and w looked like a really, really, really fun party that I wish I had been able to go to. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to make it next year come hell or high water. But I do have one other quote from Jen that I wanted to save to share because I thought it was pretty funny. I really felt the same way. Um, so for for everybody who remembers how the game went, we were losing, then we were winning by a whole bunch. And then Suero came in for the ninth and 
so of course at this point it didn't seem like it was going to be a safe situation. So what Jen said about that was when Suero came out in the top of the ninth, there was some grumbling from the night out section that Sean wasn't pitching. It wasn't a safe situation. Then Suero allowed two base runners and Sean came into a safe situation with one out. I'm convinced the night out fans willed it into existence and Sean got the save. And I would agree, Jen, I was willing it from home. I was like, God damn it. I don't want to want this to be a safe situation, but I do. Yeah. And like, I was like, we need to like rest Sean more than we are yeah. currently resting Sean. But like Sean should have just been like, I'm pitching on night out. I'm starting on night out. I'm going to be the NL winner and wins again. Like for, one, wins again. for one day and one day only, we have an opener. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not super in love with the practice, but like. Sean needed to be on that field. Yeah. yeah. You know, he needed to be on that field. And he was. So it was definitely a happy ending for everybody. The Nats won. Strasburg helped sort of make it happen <laughs> the way that it happened. It was weird. He, he had a funky first. But then one of the other things Jen pointed out was that um, they were only giving away the shirts during the first. And so if you were running late, it, it might mean that you weren't going to get one. And then Strasburg thoughtfully dragged out the first. <laughs> he was helping all along. Thank you, ally, Steven Strasburg. <laughs> <laughs> so the one other uh, sort of pride around the the world of baseball thing that I wanted to shout out to, speaking of you can play and pride tape. Um, so minor league baseball as an entity is now creating a coordinated effort called MILB Pride, where rather than just having individual teams having pride nights in major league baseball, which minor league baseball rather, which a lot of them have for a long time, the minor league organizations are now organized under a single MILB Pride official effort. And so you can now find on the Minor League Baseball website schedules of when every team's Pride Night is. There's close to 70 of them. That's pretty dope. Um, Yeah. And just like information about the partnership that they have just started with You Can Play on Pride Tape and, you know, statements from the CEO of Minor League Baseball about why this is important. Of course, there's merch because rainbow capitalism. Um, But... (laughs) The fact that it's now kind of an organized entity and minor league baseball as an institution is putting their weight behind it officially rather than just being like, cool, this is a thing that a lot of individual teams are doing. Um, It's now a much more big organized effort for the month of June, I think is really cool. Yeah, I also felt it was cool when the uh, Atlanta minor league affiliate started dunking on people on Twitter who were being homophobic. I always think that's cool. Yeah, I mean, it was it was like, wow. Chopper, because of course that's what it's named. Uh, I mean, it's still uh, the barbs. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Is really uh, letting people have it. And I was like, would not have called that for that particular team. But okay. Sometimes good social media people do good work in spite of who they work for. That is very true. But I know that other social media folks for for both, for major league teams have also done that um but that was the first i saw from minor league teams yeah. who social media people are probably in a more precarious situation sometimes having centralized organization helps things a lot yeah but that is really that's really good to hear um so the last the last note on pride month info um so the june total for queer fancy stats as of today is at 24 dollars and 25 cents and Sean and Aaron let Jen know that they are going to be doubling the donation for June and matching that to uh, their, for their donation to Smile for the month. So shout out, Woo! as always, to Yay! excellent allies, Sean Doolittle and Aaron Dolan. Which, and I think it's going to be a pretty big Queer Fancy Stats month. Yeah, because there's already I mean, a lot of bonuses because it's yeah, month. Yeah, so it's 
I mean, it's June 8th and the fact that we're already yeah. at $25 yeah. is a problem. It's going to be a, it's going to be an expensive month, but uh, for a good reason. It's for a very good reason, but like it's and, also going to be an emotionally expensive month if we kind of keep using Sean the way that we are. Oh, yeah, well. Speaking of people who should not like should go to the All-Star game but should not go to the All-Star game. Exactly. Sean, go to an independent bookstore instead. I mean, money's on one of them having to go because there have a team from somebody from every team has to go, and um, they're kind of the best candidates at the moment. I mean, send Howie Kendrick. That would be so dope. Like honestly, just like send Howie Kendrick. You yeah, know, you've earned it. You probably will not have a chance to go again. Like again. Yeah. Um, send Howie Kendrick. I don't know, or send like Juan Soto and Victor Robles. Like I don't care. Let yeah. the kids play. Like like send Juan Soto and Victor Robles and just like have them not really even play the game. Just do social media for the whole event. Like I don't care. It would be so adorable. Are They're, you kidding me? They are great together and they are great on social media. Oh um, my god. I'm kidding, but I'm I'm kind of not kidding. Like them sitting like it when the when, for during the home run derby when all the teams get out there on the field and just like take adorable pictures and stuff, the two of them there together during that process. I'm making a face that nobody can see, but I, it's a very happy face. Like, like <laughs> them and Acuna and Albies, just like I don't know. I feel like you could just get a lot of a lot of really amazing things out of out of just pointing a camera at all four of them. Yeah, yeah, like beyond really good baseball into oh. just like actual fun because again the product is fun baseball all right on that note yeah. are we done with uh tangents rs <laughs> we're gonna wrap it up but first in the spirit of uh pride stuff we do have new stickers you may have seen our twitter logo which has changed but i think i personally think we should leave it like that forever not just like for the month of june because that was not the intention i don't think when i made it i'm always rainbow so if we're um, always rainbow i'm fine with that yeah um but we did make some stickers based on that we hinted at it last time but they have arrived we are not charging anybody for these stickers but they are basically an in-person thing like we carry them around with us when we go to games if you find us at a game we'll happily give you a sticker um, but this is not something that we have like a, a link to click on so you can go buy some. Maybe one day we will have that. We'll figure out a way to do that. But at the moment, it's an in-person business. And we may be having some related merch go up in the next week. And we will let you know what the deal with that is when that happens. Hopefully very soon, though. The rest of our social media, not just our merchandise, is our website, rustingpitchbase.com. Um, you can subscribe to us on SoundCloud or iTunes or now Google Play, which plays podcasts. And you can also follow us on our Twitter, rustingpitchbase with no G. Email us at rustingpitchbase at gmail.com. And if you are interested in other merch that you can buy that's not our uh, current rainbow stickers, go, there is a link to our merch store. I'm Kay. I'm Laura. And I'm Sydney. As always, vote Rendon. Vote Rendon. Vote Rendon. Please come back, Tyler. It's just not the same since you went away. We really miss your eyewear. And the way you confused that is at the plate. There's a seat for you right next to Drew, and we need you to pitch the A. Besides, there's no other team uses chocolates as a celebrate.